This is a special edition of the American Association of Orthodontists, the Business of Orthodontics podcast. I'm Pam Paladin. Welcome. Today, we're talking about the AAO's Donated Orthodontic Services Program, or DOS, with Ann Seabaugh. Among the many hats she wears, Ann is a staff liaison to the Donated Orthodontic Services Charitable Board of Directors, and DOS is conducting a recruitment drive. Ann, welcome, and thank you for chatting with us. Thanks for having me, Pam. And for those members who may not be familiar with the AAO's Donated Orthodontic Services Program, would you please tell our audience a little bit about it? For example, why it came to be, how long it's been around? The DOS program had its birth in 2009, and it came about as the result of AAO leadership's concern about access to care. Access to care is a is an issue of large proportion. It affects all member all areas of the country. And the leadership wanted to give back to all the patients that have been so very good to the profession. And that's been since 09. Yes, 2009. Um, about June, I believe, okay. of 2009. And since that time, about how many patients have completed treatment in the program? Nearly 500 patients have completed treatment since the program's inception. And the good news is we have another almost 500 patients currently in treatment right at this time. Who can volunteer as a DOS provider? Any AAO member who is actively practicing can volunteer for the program. They have to be in a U.S. state? They do. They do. Um, at this time, the DOS program is only operating in all of the states and not in Canada as yet. So we've talked about there be, there have been about 500 people, 500 patients who've completed treatment since the program began in 09. For those who might be considering becoming volunteers and providers for DOS, how can they know that the patients who are applying truly don't have the financial resources to pay for care? Dental Lifeline Network is the donated orthodontic services program administrator. They operate out of Denver, Colorado, and the program has collected um, many qualifying materials, patient applications, etc. The patient families complete the patient application and they submit financial documents as, such as tax returns, etc. And based on those documents, the Dental Lifeline Network coordinator vets the patient and qualifies them for treatment. So someone who makes it through the process, you can be pretty sure, you can be 100% sure that they really do need the care. Absolutely. The program is designed, uh, the states, generally speaking, have public assistance programs. The Donated Orthodontic Services Program is primarily designed to, to kind of complete a need that's not being fulfilled. Some of these patients fall in a crack. They don't qualify for the public assistance programs, and yet their family can't afford orthodontic or dental coverage, and so they are left without the treatment that they need. And so the Donated Orthodontic Services Program is designed to be able to help those patients that otherwise wouldn't be able to get the care that they need and want. 
How many patients are DOS providers asked to care for when they become DOS providers? Ideally, each orthodontic provider would agree to treat one patient per year. If they would like to treat more, that's absolutely up to them. There are really no guidelines or criteria for that. It is up to the individual orthodontist. Do providers have to accept a patient if if, uh, someone is sent to them? No, not at all. The patients come in, they meet with the orthodontist, and it's kind of a get acquainted session. The orthodontist can can double check to see if they feel like the patient is going to be compliant in terms of wearing elastics, uh, avoiding foods that would cause appliance breakage, etc. And if for any reason an orthodontist feels like a patient wouldn't be a good fit for their practice, they do not have to accept that patient into treatment. And DOS has just launched a recruitment drive. How long is this going to be going on? The The first major push is going to be going on for about two weeks. But anytime any provider would like to volunteer for the program, they will always be gratefully received. Is the recruitment drive limited to uh, orthodontists who are in certain states, or can anyone in any U.S. state become a volunteer provider? Formerly, the program has just been limited to the nine to nine states, and uh, I'm pleased to say that the program is expanding to a nationwide basis. So, virtually, orthodontists from any state can volunteer for the program. In a perfect world, how many providers would you hope to recruit through this drive? Well, currently we have 500 providers. I would love to have at least another 500 or even more. So for those who are listening to our podcast today and they're interested in learning more or becoming a DOS provider, how do they find more information and where? I would encourage them to go on the AAO website. There is a practice management tab. Pull down that tab, and there you'll find information on the DOS program. And for uh, anyone that can't remember to go to the practice management tab and look for uh, donated orthodontic services, you could also use the search tool on aaoinfo.org, put in donated orthodontic services, and I bet it'll take you right there. It absolutely will. And Seaboff from the AAO's Donated Orthodontic Services Program, staff liaison to the DOS Charitable Board of Directors. And thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And that's a wrap for this special edition of the AAO's The Business of Orthodontics podcast. Thanks to today's guest and Seaboff. Join us for future podcasts as AAO experts explore questions and issues that are important to you in your orthodontic practice. If you have subject areas you'd like addressed on a future podcast, please email them to info at aaortho.org or call 800-424-2841. This is Pam Paladin. Thanks for listening to this special episode of the Business of Orthodontics podcast.